Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time. It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. I have a few more things that I want to share with you, but because our guest in this hour um, can only stay with us or visit with us for a short period of time, I actually want you to know her. I want you to know and get to know her, our new family member. She is a trauma surgeon and public health researcher at Temple University's Lewis Katz School of Medicine. She's also a Stonelay Foundation Fellow and the Director of Research for the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting. Yes, family. Yes, family. I welcome you to the conversation with Dr. Jessica Beard. Well, hello there, beautiful, and welcome. Thank you for having me, Carol. It's a pleasure. It truly is a pleasure. I'm so fascinated um, with what you do. I'm so fascinated, uh, you know, with uh, about the research as well. I mean, I did read that you are a trauma surgeon, and I, I, I understand um, the demands uh, uh, from you or on you of that. But in that, I'm curious to know about um, everything else <laughs> that you do, <laughs> because I was reading and I said, "Huh, that it sounds like a heavy weight." I will say, I will start with that. It sounds like such a heavyweight and um, just demanding on your emotions, if nothing, if nothing else. But I know on your time and on your abilities and skills, but on your emotions as well. So first, again, welcome. And if you wouldn't mind in your own words, explaining to our family members what it is that you do. Um, again, thank you so much for having me. And I think that you... Um, really pointed out an important part of what I do is that um, it is very emotional. So, you know, as a trauma surgeon in Philadelphia and working at Temple, which is the place where unfortunately we take care of the largest number of firearm injured people in the entire state of uh, Pennsylvania each year. Um, my job is, is to respond to gun violence. I'm a surgeon. So that means I do surgeries to help people and to repair the injuries that uh, guns cause. Um, but I'm also, because of that human side and the human connection with my patients, very passionate about preventing gun violence. Mm, mm. I, I, you just shared something that uh, of which I was unaware. Uh, you shared that you take care of the largest population of individuals, of firearm victims. Yeah. So in the entire state of Pennsylvania, Temple is the hospital that sees the largest number of people who've been shot. Mm. Okay. Thank you for that. I did not know that. I did not know that. So I'm curious to know, because I was reading about a study that was conducted. Can you share with us first um, about the study, what, what the study was and why? Right. So as I mentioned, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about gun violence prevention. And I'm also very passionate about sharing, you know, my experience of gun violence on the human side and really elevating um the perspectives of my patients, because uh, they're really not often seen in media discourse. 
so as part of that, I also the director of research for the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting. And our first study that we completed and published was an interview study with people who had been shot uh, at our Temple Trauma Clinic back in the summer of 2021. And what we did was we interviewed 26 people within several months of their injury and we asked them how they felt about the reporting on their injury. Uh, and about half of the people said that they had did see some news reports on their injury, and the other half of people said that they didn't see any media reports. And that goes with our previous work. Only about half of shootings make the news. Um, and then for the people who did make the news, um, they really identified multiple harms that they associated with the news reports on their injuries. I can, ex really? I can explain those harms if you'd like. Please, please. So I think first and foremost, I mean, we've all seen what generally reporting on gun violence looks like, right? Like on the TV, mm -hmm. it looks like 25-year-old man shot on broad in Tioga. He was taken to Temple Hospital where he's in critical condition. Police have no arrests. And there's no motive. Mm -hmm. And when people saw reports like that about themselves, these reports that neglected their perspectives, these reports where journalists didn't talk to them and didn't interview them, they really felt dehumanized, um, first and foremost. But then they also felt unsafe, um, you know, like when the treating hospital was mentioned, they felt like their reputation was being hurt, you know, by those narratives that didn't explain sure. who they were as people. Um, and they kind of in a, in a broader scale felt like that type of reporting about the victims of gun violence uh, could contribute to people feeling unsafe in the community and then maybe even mm. more gun violence. That makes so much sense. So much sense. So I'm curious to know, when did Temple uh, begin to conduct this study? So uh, we started interviewing people in the summer of 2021 this research oh, wow. 2021 oh wow okay and so and how uh how did how were, how were the people that were chosen to participate um how did that take place how were the, how were they those what was the determinant yeah but the people that were chosen to participate in this in this yeah that, that's a great question so this type of research is called qualitative research it means okay. that it's kind of like journalism it means that we interview a group of people and then we look for themes and kind of tell a story from the themes so we're not necessarily looking for big numbers of people there were 26 people in this study which is a relatively normal or acceptable number for that type, this type of research. Okay. And so what we did was we went to the trauma clinic um, and, you know, in the trauma clinic at Temple, we see sometimes 30 patients uh, in one clinic setting. And so unfortunately we have a lot of people that have been shot that are coming to the clinic and we just uh, either me or one of the other members of our research team went and asked the patients, did they want to talk to us and participate in this interview study? Okay. Okay. I was curious to know. So what, um, I'm curious to know, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm listening to you say about the 26 individuals that were chosen and thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I'm trying to think of everything that I can ask you in this amount of time that we have with you visiting with us. Um, so based upon the study, did, was it determined that victims of firearm violence, um, often 
get interviewed by news reporters? I know you said you were saying that some of them said that they don't, but is that number the majority of majority of them that are not interviewed by reporters? Typically, the like the what we get is the reporter's view and not from uh, the firearm victim perspective. Um, I, you cut out before. I hope it's not my internet. But what oh. I heard, <laughs> what I heard was that we're hearing the reporter's view and not the injured person's viewpoint. Yes. Yes. Is that what the majority of those with whom you? Yeah. I mean, none of the people in the study were ever approached by a journalist to tell their story. So it's the general reporting is basically just like that, you know, couple sentence episodic crime report. What an episodic crime report is what like the communication scholars describe as a report that just covers the shooting that doesn't provide any context for like why gun violence might be happening in North Philadelphia. What are all those historic factors and current, you know, structural and social factors that are going into gun violence risk for people who live in North Philly. Doesn't talk about um, solutions for gun violence. It's really just the shooting episode. And then the crime aspect means that it's really from the perspective of police. So it's not actually so much the journalists, but it's actually the police's narrative and the the police's narrative being presented as fact about a human being. Mm. And you were sharing that some of the victims shared that they didn't feel safe after having seen these interviews. I mean, uh, ha- having seen these reports. Can you talk with us about that? Yeah. So uh, I think they didn't feel safe for a couple of reasons. One of them is because sometimes the report mentioned the hospital that they were being treated at. And so they felt very nervous, like when they left the hospital, could somebody be looking for them? Um, Another thing that came up as, you know, very harmful was the presence of graphic images. So um, in about 10% of TV news clips we know from our other research, there are actually videos of the shootings being posted. Um, and those are also available on social media and at some, and some Instagram pages. And so what people said was that when those videos were there of the shooting, that the people who shot them could go back and watch them. And it almost glorified, you know, the violence that was happening. And that made them feel like one person in the study said that he felt like the highlight for the person who shot him because that was available. Oh, I, you know, I never thought about that. And I imagine because we have access to these videos, as you were saying, that sometimes there's a false narrative being provided because we only get a clip of, you know, what actually happened. Right. So, absolutely. I, so that, that makes so much sense. Family, hi there. I'm talking to each and every one of you, yeah, especially if you have just joined us. Welcome to Love and Life right here on WURD. We are talking with Dr. Jessica Beard in this hour, and she's visiting with us for just a short period of time. Um, for those of you who did not hear me share, she is a trauma surgeon amongst so many other things, but she's joining us um, just for a little bit this evening to share with us about all of the things that she does. We're talking now about um, her specifically, well, her duties because she is the director of research for the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting. And I was asking about 
a, a study that was conducted. So I'm just bringing you up to speed. I do see that our family members are checking in. Hi, love bugs. Hi there. Courtney Lenny is sharing a hello. Willie Matthews. Hi, Willie. Happy Monday, everyone. He shares. Just Rick. Just Rick is sharing love as well. Mike Upshaw. Hi there. He's sending love and blessings to everybody. As is Lakeisha Boston. Henry Purifoy. Hi there. How are you? And Malcolm shares that he is watching and listening from West Mount Avery. You know, I like to say that, Malcolm. I love it when you type that in. <laughs> and the beautiful Miss Lily is joining us as well. And she welcomes Dr. Jessica Beard and sends blessings to the entire WURD family. Hi there, Brother Raphael. He's joining us as well, as is Brother Nasir Butler. He's sending peace and blessings to everybody and go Eagles. You better know it. You know, I can't wait to dig deep into that tomorrow. You know, I can't. <laughs> the beautiful Miss Rosalind is checking in as well as is Arthur Leo Taylor. Hi there. Hi there. And my cousin Sherry is tuning in from Atlanta and she shares, I'm glad I tuned in to hear Dr. Beard. So Eric has a question. He shares, hello, Dr. Beard. Welcome to Love and Life this evening. My question is, how do you stay emotionally sane and grounded working in the field in which you work? Do you pray a lot and or seek occasional counseling? It cannot be easy. <clears throat> no, it's not easy. Um, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I do this research um, and try to work with journalists and people who've been impacted by gun violence to make reporting on gun violence better mm. is to, it's, it's almost like a healing, you know, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, my day-to-day -day as a trauma surgeon is actually, you know, providing medical care and surgical care to people who've been shot. And sometimes there are people that I can't save, you know, no matter how, right. how much care we give, we just can't uh, help people heal from those bullet wounds. Um, and so the work of gun violence prevention and, um, you know, this advocacy that I see as, as healing and it's, it's very, very important to me. Thank you for that. Thank you. Family, it's time for us to take just a short commercial break. We're going to let Dr. Beer breathe and we're going to gather ourselves. But guess what? The phone lines are still open and feel free to continue to comment on our socials. And I promise I will do my best to read it aloud on the air. No matter what you do, though, stay with us, please, because we're coming right back. You're listening to Love and Life with Carol Riddick on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Well, hey there, family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life right here on WURD with yours truly, Carol Riddick. We are talking with Dr. Jessica Beard in this hour. She is both a trauma surgeon and public health researcher at Temple University's Lewis Cat School of Music, uh, Medicine. I've got music on the brain. Forgive me, Dr. Beard. <laughs> But she is also the director of research for the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting. Dr. Beard, I'm curious to know um, what racial and spatial disparities exist with regard to firearm violence reporting in communities of color. Yeah, so that's a question that we don't quite know the answer to yet. And that's going to okay. be the subject of our future research. Um, we actually just learned uh, that we got a grant from the National Institutes of Health to ask that question. 
Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, are there support groups for uh, victims of firearms? Yeah, we have a lot of um, support uh, available through Temple for people okay. who've been shot and their loved ones. Um, and we have a group of folks called the Trauma Victim Advocates that actually help people while they're here in the hospital. And then outside of the hospital, there's incredible work um, being done in the community to support people uh, who've lost their loved ones, but also people who've been shot, you know, there's mothers in charge, um, mm-hmm. who I'm sure, you know, uh, Dr. Jo- Dorothy Johnson's fight. Um, yes. And, and just really lots of other phenomenal work being done. So I'm, I'm so happy to know um, that you all work are working together because oftentimes, you know, we have everybody is displaced. And um, so that, that makes me feel good. I'm, I'm, I always think about the families of those uh, whose lives have been lost. Um, so I was just curious to, to know, and especially when, when the different organizations are working in tandem, it just seems to help a little in, in some way. So from the, well, I have about five questions and I'm trying to space them, you know, space and determine which ones I want to ask first, but I will ask this. Does the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting work alongside um, city government in any way to, to combat gun violence? Um, I don't know that we've uh, necessarily worked beside city government. Um, maybe I could explain a little bit of the different programs that we have. Okay. Um, so we have the research that we've talked about. Um, and uh, we're also looking at TV news clips, actually, in our research to see actually how gun violence is reported. So um, maybe I can come back and talk about that another Please. time. I would love that. The other thing that we do is... Um, connect people with lived experience of gun violence to with journalists with more professional experience for storytelling. Um, that's the Credible Messengers Reporting Project. I actually participated in that with one of my patients and his mom, uh, along with Kuvenda Media, and we made a podcast. So that was a really healing experience for me, too. Wow. Oh, my. I can't imagine... Uh, and I keep going back to this because of the line of work, um, the field in which you work, but trauma. So you don't see the patients that you see when you see them. It is a necessary visit. It is an absolutely necessary visit. And I am I'm thinking of the question that Eric asked you, just Rick, just Rick, just before the commercial break about how you decompress and how you manage and navigate emotionally, because that's that's a heavy weight. That's a lot. And and just be uh, just of uh, the statistics that I remember reading not long ago about gun violence. And we've been talking about gun violence. It's an ongoing conversation about gun violence in our city and how it has increased. I can't imagine. I cannot just cannot imagine. Um. On a daily basis, when you're navigating this, you and your staff, I can't imagine a day in the trauma unit, number one. And that's outside of, because you see patients, um, not only who are there for gunshot wounds or, or uh, you know, but you see trauma all day, all day. 
and look and she's smiling oh oh my gosh actually, oh my gosh it's actually um you know it's really rewarding you know my patients are wonderful they are so thankful and um you know so so it's just it's 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 incredible i have i've had patients who came to the hospital without a pulse and walked out of mm. the hospital just with a surgical incision, you know? So, and I, those, those feelings, you just are, they're unparalleled what you can and serve your community and um, serve your patients and do just a very, very good job for them. So there's a lot of really great things about it. <laughs> well, God bless you. I have one last question for you from the conclusions gained from the study. Um, how does inappropriately portraying firearm victims in media affect the communities that the victims live in? <clears throat> well, I think there's there's quite a bit of research on how the media uh, basically reports on crime mm. and how, frankly, racist media reporting is about crime mm -hmm. and how negatively uh, black communities are portrayed by action news, the breaking news format. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of fundamentally what uh, we're about at the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting, which is kind of breaking down some of that, uh, those, those kind of structures within newsrooms that cause this type of harmful reporting to persist. And I think what this study adds is really like a very personal perspective of firearm injured people and how they feel about this harmful style of reporting. Sure, sure. So I'm listening to you and earlier you shared that a lot of um, the firearm victims shared that their stories were either not reported or were reported incorrectly. So that gives me the impression that your statistics are, are drastically different from those that are being shared uh, with us in the news or in the media. That's a great point. So we do have research on this. What it seems is that the media is not presenting what gun violence actually looks like. So they're not presenting the human side. Obviously, mm -hmm. they're dehumanizing the victims. Absolutely. But, but they're also presenting to us the rarest forms of gun violence. So on national news, you're going to hear about large scale mass shootings that represent less than 1% of all shootings. Um, you're going to hear more about shootings of children. You're going to hear more about fatal shootings, shootings where somebody died. And fundamentally, you know, it sort of minimizes the the impact of shootings where, where they're happening and who they're actually happening to. Mm -hmm. The other thing that our research shows is that that Philadelphia TV news is more likely to report a shooting if it happens in a higher income area or in a less segregated area. So there's also some kind of place-based um, <clears throat> disparities in shootings. And that's actually the very beginning of our grant-funded research that, that's just coming out. Mm. I do have a question for you. One of our family members is asking, Mardia Reed asks, she says, hello, first, Dr. Jessica. Uh, what are your thoughts about semi-automatic handguns? So my thoughts about kind of firearms in general is that um, we knew back from the 1990s that mm -hmm. owning a firearm did not make you safe. 
And what happened in the mid-1990s is that research was coming out showing that. It was also showing that women who lived in houses with firearms were more likely to be killed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was very unsafe for women because of intimate partner violence. And what, what happened was that science was essentially censored. You know, they... Congress passed an amendment to their kind of funding mechanisms called the Dickey Amendment that prevented the CDC and the NIH and other governmental agencies from studying gun violence and studying how firearms impact health. And that's only just recently been rolled back so that people like me can actually get funding from the government to investigate gun violence. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you for that. I do want to share some more of our family members are checking in. Eric Peterson is joining us. Hi there, Eric. Welcome. Um, Ms. Julie shares. Good evening, everyone. Director Beard, respectfully, wondering if you review video play discs converted into films and such. As is known, after complaints, a major PlayStation was shut down in the Neshaminy Mall. I'm not familiar with that, Ms. Julie. I'm not, are you familiar, Dr. Beard? With, um, we're not familiar. I do want to share hello. Uh, Lori Green Miller is sharing that she loves the show. It's very informative. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Julie follows by sharing that in her opinion, too much time is spent on video games that construct violent scenarios. It can be, cannot be ruled out as having some percentage of accountability of cause and effect. That's a good point. That's a good point. A, a lot of our, our babies come up uh, playing violent games. Um, the beautiful Miss Lily, she shares what a deeply emotional dialogue. I truly admire and appreciate your fortitude and dedication, Dr. Beard. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Eric shares, Dr. Beard, wow, your journey is so courageous and your dedication is truly admirable. Thank you so much for your service to our Philadelphia community. Ms. Joanne is checking in as well, and she's sending peace and blessings. I wanted to share the love with you, Dr. Beard, that you are receiving from our family members. We're love bugs here. And uh, although we talk about everything, we our approach is uh, we, we try to maintain our humanity and our love um, at the core of it all. And I just can't imagine. So how much time are you able to dedicate to uh to the center uh, especially with your your responsibilities as a surgeon i'm really thankful i do half of my time in clinical work as a surgeon mm-hmm. and then half of my time spent doing research and that's thanks to support from the stonely foundation wow yeah wow can you talk with us briefly about the stonely foundation before you go yeah, so the Stone Lee Foundation is a local area foundation that supports people to work on um, kind of bettering the community, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so they, they appoint fellows uh, who, who are focused on health or um, child welfare. Uh, they actually have a new class of emerging leader fellows just focused on gun violence prevention, which is really great. That is um, awesome. Yeah, so I'm really thankful for them because they kind of really helped jumpstart this. And then now we have support from the NIH, too. So we're really hoping to, you know, build a lot of of research around this that we can bring to journalists. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. 
That is awesome. Dr. Beard, once again, I thank you so much for coming to visit with us and to share. We thank you for sharing your time, your energy, your spirit, your, your, your knowledge. Um, we just thank you so much for making time for us and, and for educating us. Because I, I, quite honestly, I had no idea there was a Philadelphia Center for gun violence reporting. But I'm happy to know that there is, especially because it's an ongoing conversation here about the gun violence in our city and in our areas, our surrounding areas as well. So thank you. Thank you for caring for us as well. Um, and, and just thank you for being you because that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. We truly do appreciate you. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.